You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and God called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. The second day, God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters on the earth and the waters above. And God called the expanse sky. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. On the third day, God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth produce vegetation, plants, and trees bearing fruit. And God said it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation bearing fruit, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. The fourth day, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light to the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the sun to govern the day and the moon to govern the night. He also made the stars and set them in the expanse of the sky. And God saw that it was good. On the fifth day, God said, let the waters be filled with living creatures and let the birds fly above the sky. So God created the creatures of the sea and every winged bird according to its kind. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures unto their own kinds, livestock, and create creatures that move among the ground, and wild animals, each according to their kinds. And it was so, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air 
and over the livestock and over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. And on the seventh day, God rested. Lord of all creation, God of this universe, we exalt you and we praise you for all creation is wonderfully made. We thank you, God, that you've created us you formed us. You knew us by name before we were ever conceived. And so we worship you this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would take all the information and you would use it for transformation in our lives. Holy Spirit, Without you, we fall apart. Jesus, apart from you, we can do absolutely nothing. And Father, you tell us to draw near to you, and you will draw near to us. And so we do that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm excited to announce today that we are starting... Today, a nine-week nine teaching series entitled, Line It Up. Could you say those three words with me? Ready? Line it up. It is a simple phrase, but with such power when it comes together. Uh, this is a series that uh, the Lord put on Elliot's heart, our uh, ministry operations director, and he has been a linchpin to developing this series, the content, much of it, and assisting where he can. So can we even just give a round of applause for Elliot and say thank you wherever you are, brother? So as we look into the series, we're going to look at many key components or stories in the Old Testament. Sadly, the Old Testament is very rarely taught in churches, and we need to understand in order to comprehend and really see the beauty of the gospel of the New Testament, the Old Testament needs to be a foundation in our life that we comprehend and understand. Amen? So as we look at these key components in the Old Testament, we, Lord willing, will discover how every single component lines up to these three themes that we're going to see every Sunday. The first theme is this, God's character revealed in every story. Can you read that phrase with me? God's Come on. Good job. Second theme that we're going to see resonate through every week is 
God's redemptive plan for us. Can we say it again? God's redemptive plan for us. And then the third one, let's repeat together. God's desire to be with us in relationship. Go ahead, take your cell phones out, take a picture. We also want to encourage you, these these sermons for Line It Up through the Old Testament, by the way, are going to be really thick with content, okay? With application stirred in, but I promise you, if you don't take notes or if maybe you don't listen to it a couple times on, on YouTube or our app, it's going to easily escape your minds or clutter your minds with content. So whatever you need to do to take the information and give it to the Lord to do transformation, that's what's important in this series. We want to see God's character revealed in every story. We want to see God's redemptive plan for us that we're going to see in the New Testament, but it is all over the Old Testament. And then we're going to see God's desire to be with us in relationship. One year ago, I don't know if you remember this or heard this on the news, But the Champlain South condo in Florida collapsed. You remember that? 98 people were killed. People and the media questioned how this could have ever happened. Investigators, through intense investigation, they found that the pool, which was next to the building, It was also structurally attached to the condo tower, was made of very thin concrete slabs. They cut corners, per se. The concrete around the pool began to crack and then began to bow. That then pulled from the foundational columns of the tower. Eventually, that force began to deteriorate the pool foundation, pulling the foundational columns of the tower in which the whole tower had no other choice but to come crumbling down to the ground where 98 people lost their lives. Foundation is everything. Friends, the spiritual reality and implications of this is even more tragic. We have forces, spiritual and physical forces, that are pulling at the foundational truths of the word of God and our faith in Christ Jesus. And to live the life that God intended, we have to have God-sized, strong, and stable foundational pillars. This morning from Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you can turn there now. We're going to spend the majority of our time in Genesis 1 and 2. And I want us to discover three 
Say three. Three Three foundational columns of our faith, and not just our faith, but of what is absolutely true. Three foundational columns. Here's the thing. Everything is built upon these three foundational columns from Genesis 3 all the way to Revelation. And I want you to hear this. If you take any of those three columns or foundation that you attach to it and you try to revise it, redefine it, and or try to conform them to fit your preferences, beware, my friends. You will weaken the God-given foundational truth in your life. And everything you built upon that frail foundation will eventually come tumbling down. And before we move on to the three Foundational columns, I want to give a shout out to our real life communities. There's many of them meeting. They started uh, the last couple weeks, but this week, most of the real life communities got together and they studied and discussed Genesis 1 and 2. And I hope your discussions were invigorating and encouraging And I hope that this message only takes you deeper into application. If you were unable to meet with your group or you were unable to read uh, Genesis 1 and 2, please do that so that we can stay in step together. Okay, there's a lot to cover today. So take a deep breath. Hold it for 30 seconds. I know I'm kidding. Breathe it out. So the first foundational truth, if you're taking notes, here it is. Number one is everything. Everything is about God. Everything is about God. Everything is about God. And everything is about God. Genesis 1-1. The very first verse in the Holy Word of God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So point number one under this foundational truth is everything, everything in the universe is about God. You can't get around it. You can't get away from it. What's that little, you know, that nursery rhyme about you can't go through it, can't go over it, can't go around. Okay, maybe it was just me. (laughs) Going on a bear hunt, I think it was, right? Okay, focus, Phil. Everything is about God. These 10 words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They change everything. You see, humans from every age of history are asking the same questions. What is the ultimate meaning for my life? Where did we come from? 
and do any of these things that we experience and see in our earthly bodies have any meaning? And if you continue to read Genesis 1, 1 and on, it's a resounding yes, yes. There is an amazing ultimate purpose for everything in the universe and under heaven. And there is great purpose in creation for our lives. Everything started with God. Everything came from God, was made for God, and continues to exist because of God. And Colossians 1.17 tells us that all things are held together by God. By God. The whole universe, science, philosophy, medicine, history, humanity, the purpose behind everything is This is really good news for us today. And especially in light of our culture, our society, and everything happening right now around us. This is good news. And I'll tell you why. Our culture preaches that knowledge and truth are relative. Even the word truth itself has been hijacked. You can see it. You see it even in churches. They say that truth is defined by what? Your society or culture and your experience. So you hear people saying ridiculous things like this. Oh, that's your truth. But this is my truth. Like truth is developed in someone's imagination. We've got real problems in our world. This means now, parents, sober up. This is true. In the public schools, in most public schools, kids are creating their own truths built upon the shifting sand of whatever is culturally trendy and acceptable. That's what's happening. And many are convinced growing up that there is no absolute truth or purpose in this universe. And every individual needs to find their own purpose, be their own selves, and to find their own truth. Do you hear how ridiculous that is? Is there any wonder, friends, why atheists and agnostics are increasing in number all over the globe at a much faster rate in the last 20 years than ever before. Why? Truth has been compromised. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created. There is ultimate purpose in the universe, and that purpose, friends, is God. God plus nothing equals everything. God plus nothing else equals everything. Now, here's a practical truth. Since everything is by God, 
for God and about God. This is where it gets real, friends. Since everything is by God, for God, and about God, then God has the right over everything in your life. And the problem we're going to look at next week when we look at the fall of sin is that man bought into a lie and put God outside of the center and put man in the center. And that is why we have Genesis 3 all the way to Revelation. We're going to get more into that next week. But I want us to understand that when man is the center of our universe, which we see in Romans 1, by the way, write that down, look at that later this week. When man is in the center, just like the condo in Florida, everything will crumble. If you have any children or around children, you understand that one of the very first words that a baby or a toddler learns is what? Mine, me, my, I, me, 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 mine, 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 mine. And we think that we grow out of it, but we don't. See if anything of this rings a bell for you or people that you know. My right to question God. My freedom to complain why things are the way they are. My morals, my dreams, my desires, my money, my body, my mind, my time, my life, mine, 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 mine. This mind mentality is a wrecking ball to the true three columns of foundation established by God. And we wonder why we're building our lives on something that is so polar opposite to what we see in the Bible. But when we understand, friends, and I hope you're here, when we understand that there is only one God above everything, and you aren't it, and I'm not it. Government is not it. Leaders are not it. Officials are not it. And guys, mom and dad, you're not it. God is it. And so when we understand that God is God over everything, we also understand that we do not have the right to complain, to question God, and to shake our fists at God. Let's look at Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, it's on the screen. Verses 9 through 12. What sorrow awaits those who argue? Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him, who forms it? What are you making? Or your work has no handles? Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? What are you making in me? Why am I made this way? Or to a woman, what are you 
in labor, meaning why am I the way I am? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the one who formed him, ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the work of my hands? I made the earth. Duh. (laughs) It's one of those moments, right? Hello, Bueller. I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all of their hosts. Are you fighting God? Are you trying to compete with God? Because if so, that's probably an indication that you are still in the center of your universe and not God. God says, I am the potter. You are simply mud and clay. You don't have the right or to think as you wish. Genesis 1.1 says, God is the creator and master of everything. Therefore, everything comes under God. This is the foundational truth of the Bible. God is God. God is God. So foundational truth, number one, when everything is about God, when God is over everything in our lives as we submit to his design, we then discover God's goodness. Only then will we be able to walk in God's goodness, joy, and abundant life. Foundational truth number two. Man, and you'll see that is not for a gender, mankind, humankind. Man was created with purpose. Could you say that? Ready? Man. Turn to verse 26 and 28 of Genesis 1. 26 and 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock and the wild animals on the earth, the small animals in the skirt that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Next slide, please. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign, reign. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? His rule and his reign. He's saying, rule with me. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And so... This passage specifically, but all Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that we're going to read today and throughout this next week show us that God created man, male, and female for a purpose. You, my friends, have a purpose under everything 
under God. You do. And there's three specific purposes that we find here in Genesis that I want to focus on. Again, this is a lot of content, so go ahead and take notes or write it on your phone or listen later this week. Purpose number one, we were created to display God. We were made to reflect God himself. Just think about that for a moment. The God of the universe is supposed to be displayed and reflected in every part of your life. That's what you were created for, friends. Made in the image of God, verse 26. Made in the image of God to live each moment of our lives like God and with God, without strife, toil, or separation. That's what we were created for. Made in the image of God to rule with God having dominion, made in the image of God. Friends, in some ways, you are like God. We, in some certain capacities, are God-like that set us apart from all other creation. Now, before you start to question me, Let's first look at some ways that we are definitely not like God, nor our God, before we can establish how we are like God. Number one, God is eternal. We have a beginning. Number two, God is self-existent. We were made. Number three, God is all-present, all-seeing, all-knowing. He is infinite. We are confined to limited space and finite knowledge. God is superior to all else. He controls everything, he owns everything, and he has rightful claim to everything. We, in contrast, are under God. That's how we're not like God. But here's the beautiful thing displayed in Genesis 1 and 2, how we have the capacities of God. And I'm just going to focus on three. Number one, we are spiritual beings like God. Genesis 2-7, God breathed into the nostrils, the breath, the spirit of life. And the man became a living creature. Say to the person to your right, you are special. Oh, come on, people. This is participatory. You are. You are special. Some of you need to hear that today because you feel like giving up. No, you were created for a purpose because you are special. Number two, we are moral creatures. We have the capacity to sacrificial love. We have the capacity to show mercy, do great acts of kindness, and do tremendous good for the world. Animals, they act out of self-preservation. They don't care about anything or anyone else. But we, like God, can love with great capacity. That's how we display God. Now say to the person to your left, you're special. I only heard about 12. (laughs) You're special. The third Capacity that we are like God that I'm going to focus on today is we are intellectual and we are creative. 
No other creature or creation in heaven and earth is like that. Do you know the angels are jealous? <laughs> we have the capacity to be like God and with God and God in us. The third is we are intellectual and creative. He made us with the mental and creative ability to build God's world. What you see is what you get. <laughs> we built it, good or bad. God gave us the purpose to build this world up, to fill it, to multiply it, and to have dominion over it. Now turn to the person behind you and say, man, you're special. Come on, come on. Back row, I'm sorry. So purpose number one, let's bring it back together. Purpose number one is we are to display God in how we are made in his image. Spiritual beings, moral creatures, and intellectual and creative creatures because we were made in the image of God. This is good news. And so purpose number two, we were created for a purpose. It says to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, multiply the things that I have deemed as good, verse 28. So when you find fulfillment in building that room addition, minus doing the mud, <laughs> I hate the mud. But anyways, when you find fulfillment in building that room addition or harvesting those crops, or maybe mending to your garden and then making food from those items to prepare for your family or making your bed in the morning, repairing something that's broken. It's because you were made with the desire to produce fruit, good things that then multiply. We are not created to be bystanders, to be sitting on the bench, or to be the raw material in the building project. We are created by God with the purpose to be the builders, not the material, the ones building it. Our culture, secular worldview, says this, we exist to define our own lives. But the biblical foundational worldview is we are God's workmanship. Created for good works that we would walk in them. We were made to multiply God's goodness as we display God himself. Purpose number three. Y'all still with me? Thank you, Anita. <laughs> I don't pay her, by the way. <laughs> Purpose number three. We were made to walk with God. Guys, don't miss it. You were created. In Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see that we were created by God to be intimately involved with one another and with God we see God intimately involved with Adam and Eve, talking with them, 
taking his mouth, putting it to Adam's mouth and breathing life into Adam and God bringing Eve to Adam in marriage. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost walked with Adam and Eve. God's purpose was for us to walk and live moment by moment in the very presence of the almighty Jehovah Yahweh God. Next week, we're going to talk about how we were robbed of that. But I want to just, before we move to the third foundational truth, I want us to understand that we were made for a purpose. Every person in culture throughout all history has a God-built in desire and a purpose to experience having been made in the image of God, to experience multiplying his goodness, and to experience living each moment walking with God. That's our purpose, friends. That's what we should be living out and pursuing First foundational truth, everything is about God. Second foundational truth, man was created with a purpose. And the third foundational truth that we find in Genesis 1 and 2 is God made us for marriage, which reflects our oneness with God. You may not be married. This is not a verse that says you're in the wrong. What this is saying is marriage was designed by God to reflect the marriage relationship we are to have as oneness with God. Sacred. It's sacred. Let's look at Genesis 2, verses 18 to 25. Turn there if you have your Bibles. Chapter 2, 18 to 25. Genesis is very easy to find. It's the first book. In the Bible. I'm not trying to like literally sound condemning. I'm being serious. Any of you like myself, I have trouble sometimes finding the books in the Bible. Genesis, just go to the first couple pages. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name, man to rule with God. He gave him authority. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a found helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with the flesh, and the rib that the Lord God took from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then man said, this at last is bone of my bones, not like any other creation. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one of the flesh. 
And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Friends, sociologists, psychologists, family counselors alike will tell you this. A healthy marriage is the foundation of a healthy family. A healthy family is the foundation to a healthy church. And a healthy church is the foundation to a healthy society. Man has reversed it. Man determines the society. And marriage is now but a paper document. So, God made marriage to reflect him and multiply our oneness and sacred relationship with God. It's his plan for all humanity. And many of you, if you're bursting ready to say amen, do it. Join Anita. That's okay. So, here's where I'm going to step on toes. You know what? No. Here's where God steps on toes. This is not man-made. This is God's foundational truth, the third column of all foundation. (laughs) So if you have a problem with this design, take it to the designer. Remember, when you try to redefine it, refine it, and try to conform it to your priorities and preferences, You now are the center of your universe, not God. So here's God's design for marriage. Buckle up. As I say to my kids, buckle up, buttercup. Marriage is one man and one woman biologically at birth. This is not man-made. This is God's design found in Genesis 1 and 2. Marriage is designed to be joined by God through a covenant, not a marriage document. A covenant, a sacred promise, which means nothing in our culture. Genesis 2, 22, God brought the woman to man. Such a heavenly picture of what we see in weddings of the father bringing his daughter down the aisle to meet with the man in marriage. Marriage is designed for a lifelong relationship. Jesus himself says it in Matthew 19, verse 6. Jesus says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Marriage is designed that the husband and wife's souls and bodies become united as one flesh. One, what happens when you glue two things together and try to pull them apart? It destroys the two things. Never the same. That's why divorce damages families. God made sex and emotional intimacy. Verse 24 and 25. He made marriage as a foundational column for marriage and family and society. Another design of marriage is the man and woman were to operate independently from their mom and dad. A man shall leave his father and mother 
And the last design that we look at in marriage is they together were called to build a family, to multiply God's goodness all over the earth. Can we at least all agree that our world has tried to redefine and conform this biblical foundation of marriage? And so let's just take a breath to slow down for a minute before we worship. And I want to recap these three foundational truths. Let's take a moment. The first foundational truth is everything is about God. The purpose of everything in the universe is God. And if everything is about God, then God has the right to everything in your life. Where are you in that? Is that first column of foundation stable and secure in your life? Or do you need to take yourself off the throne and put God back on? Second foundational truth. We were made to display God himself. Made in his image. We were made to multiply God's goodness and we were made to walk with God. Are you walking with God? Are you multiplying his goodness? And are you displaying God himself in your life? That's the second column of foundational truth. Where are you? Is it weakened? Is it shaky or even non-existent? And the third foundational truth is God created marriage, which reflects our oneness in relationship with him. That's why in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to us as the, bride, or the groom, and we are the bride. It's a model and a display to how God sees relationship with us. God made us for intimate relationships and he made marriage to reflect his divine purpose of oneness with us. It is the foundation of intimacy, family, and our society. We have to get back to this foundational truth. You have to have conversations filled with grace with others to lead them back to Genesis 1 and 2 to say that's not the design, this is the design. You want God to bless you? operate on his foundation. We have churches filled with people naming and claiming God's blessing, but they have abandoned the three columns of foundational truth in their lives, and they wonder why they're not living a blessed life. Now I feel like I'm preaching. Without these three foundational truths, everything falls apart. And so we're going to take a moment to reflect in prayer on these as the band comes up. I know this message went long, but like I said, these are really important to cover all aspects of the truth of the word of God can't cut corners with this, can't speed through some of these points. And so I'd ask you to just bow your heads where you are. 
And I want to ask you a question. Are these three foundational columns holding up your life? Holding up your worldview? If not, why? And if not, what needs to change? Are you like that condo in Florida? Where your life and your worldview is slowly pulling away from these three foundational columns and you're starting to get weak and bow? If you don't change direction, friends, and you don't make those three columns your foundation, it is only a matter of time where your life and the things around you will begin to crumble and fall. What needs to change in your life? Give it to God and say, I give this back to you, God. Forgive me for making it about me. Everything, everything is about God. You were made in the image of God to display God. And marriage was designed to be established to ultimately reflect God's design and purpose in relationship with us. Father, I pray if anyone doesn't know you who built these three foundational columns in creation, I pray that they would come to know you as their personal God, as their Lord, as their creator, under your Lordship, following your truth and building their lives on the foundation. All you have to say is, Lord, I've sinned. I can't do this without you. I've tried to live my life on my own. I need you, God, to rewire and rebuild those foundational truths within me that I may pursue you and multiply goodness and reflect your image. God, do transformational work in us this week. Bless the real-life communities that are meeting. And I pray that we would grow down deep roots. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.